Do you know if Poland has any coronavirus victims? Shit, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Alcohol runs in our veins. It's part of our fucking heritage. Yeah, welcome to the Rendezvous Podcast. It's just uh, me and Jacek this week. Holy shit. You know, I guess the most important commodity when all things go to hell is toilet paper. Apparently. <laughs> can't find that shit anywhere nowadays. Fucking can't get toilet paper within 400 miles of Wyoming. <coughs> yeah. Did you just cough? It's uh, it's it's a pinners. It's a pinners. Okay. Well... We might not be here in a couple weeks. <laughs> we'll see if Carter can keep it going. That's all right. Can't all live till we're 30. Yeah. It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be. Anyways. So this week, uh, it's just me and Jacek. We're talking about shed hunting. Carter's down in Laramie getting hammered or something. <laughs> Zach's studying. Yeah. I'm finally off work. <laughs> yeah, and I finally get to see Jason in person. Started my spring break. That's that's how I'd like to start mine too. But here we are. In uh recording night in Davis's basement. Fairly nice place. A lot of fond memories down here of getting hammered. Yeah, where's the beanbag? It's in the other room. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just making sure. My mom wants to get rid of it. Well, if she wants to get rid of it, I'll take it so I can just hold on to it for you until <laughs> you can get a house or something. Yeah. Okay. Be a 30-year-old sitting in my living room on the beanbag yeah. couch. I come in and like, I remember that beanbag couch. Yeah. So, let's talk about shit hunting. Okay. Well. Have you gone yet? Well, yeah, you've gone. How how many times have you gone? Oh, boy. Let's see here. One, I'd say one and a half handfuls-ish. So seven. <laughs> one and a half handfuls? Like seven? <laughs> five, seven, six, something like that around there. Yeah. I've seen you've been finding some at work and pissing me off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm fairly fortunate enough. I work in a lot of good mule deer winter ranges in some BLM land. And it, 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 you'd almost have to try to not find them out there sometimes. So, yeah, if, if I see some, I might go over there and snag it up, you know, within company guidelines, if you want to call it that. Other than that, yeah, uh, I've gone out in kind of I don't know what you call it like the high the high prairie the high desert kind of east of us for mule deer. Yeah, the rolling foothills. Yes, the rolling foothills, and then kind of in some of the creek bottoms, about a mile away from the mountain, um, for whitetail sheds. Haven't gone for elk yet. They're still packing. Supposedly, I may have gotten interesting news this evening about them, but I have yet to see it myself. So are you going to share the news or or be a hermit about it? 
well, usually I'd be a hermit about it, but I may have gotten news about an item that has fallen off of a bull elk's head in the area of northeast Wyoming. <laughs> in the, oh, God. Okay. Uh, so, east of the Bighorns. Sure. Okay. There, it, that narrows it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit. I mean, I've seen... A mountain herd or a prairie herd? Mountain. However, I have seen... There's... Oh, no. Some folks might know about this, but there's a YouTube channel that videos the Jackson Hole Elk Refuge Elk Herd 24-7. What's, what are they called? I don't know off the top of my head. I just learned about this recently. Um, on YouTube, you just find it and watch. And I have uh, one of my friends has seen a bull on there that only has one antler. I don't know how long ago it was. Yeah, but. you just search uh, Jackson Hole Elk Refuge live webcam. And there, there's a couple. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You just sit there and watch. A, my friend has caught wolves kind of stalking Who's the elk herd. Who's the friend? I guess it's my coworker. Oh. One of my coworkers. Um, kind of interesting. I Kind of a fun thing to kind of just watch the elk on a live webcam. Is that what you do on your Friday, Saturday nights? Just get hammered and watch elk on your TV? Yeah, that's how I do my scouting. You figured me out. <laughs> I just scout from the webcam at home. Like, okay, he's lost. He lost it. But So, uh, have you found any good sheds? I have. Uh, I reiterate. Found any good sheds ever? No. Or right. this They're year? Both. Well, both. Like, what's the greatest shed you've ever found? Ever. The great, the best, my, my favorite sheds I found, sheds. I also reiterate, where uh, it was last year, I found a nice. It was a side by side set, scored scoring about three fifty. Um, up in our very own Bighorn Mountains, uh, it just just something about. I mean, I th- I personally think every shed is great because I'm. It's like an addiction to me. It just I I'm like a little kid and. Were these sheds that you're talking about as good as the ones we found above Eaton's? See, a couple of years ago. No, but that technically wasn't weren't sheds. Remember, it was off yeah. the deadhead, so I'm not counting. It didn't those. stop us from fuck no, from hacking them, hacking them off with my hatchet. Yeah. Uh, those are that that set off of that deadhead is definitely the 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 biggest antlers I've ever personally found. Did, what'd you end up doing with those? Kept them, still have them. Better you, at one point you were gonna try to put them on a skull or something, weren't you? Yeah, that's still in the back of my mind. Which is that I just need to find the find the skull, and then have a taxidermist mount them on that skull for me. Um, I'm not in a hurry to do that right now, though, I suppose. Um, so what, what's the best sheds you've found this year? Best sheds I found this year. 
I found a very nice mule deer shed, a couple years old, maybe three years old, just a single. I glassed it up from about two miles, no, fuck, two miles, like half a mile away, and uh, I knew right off it was going to be nice because it was kind of, I guess the forks were up with the base pointed towards me is how I saw it. If you could imagine holding your arm straight out and creating an eagle claw, that's how it was looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Shattering state eagles, baby, claw. Yep. And, uh, like, well, that's a good antler. So I went over there and got it. And I think it's probably like a 160, mid 160s inch single mule deer shed, which is a keeper in my book. I don't find very many of those. Um, that's about it so far hoping to find a I'll be happy if I find a nice big elk set this year and be able to keep that's always my goal is to find one keeper elk set in a year and I've, I've accomplished that goal every year so far I've shed hunted pretty religiously have you trained your dog yet? working on it he is in the house, in the yard, he's pretty damn good. I'll give it to him. But the moment you... Don't you, want to build his confidence too much. You yeah, got a big ego. Yeah. And he's just so wound up, tired, and adorned. You, you get him... Once you get him out of the yard and actually kind of like... I live in a creek bottom. I'll take him down the creek bottom. The sheds I've hidden. And there's just so much going on in that freaking... He's in that crackhead mind of his and his, in his nose. He just... There's so many sticks, and he just loves sticks, so he always picks up the sticks. Like, okay, that's not the right thing, but you're you're we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere for him. He's still a young pup. Does yeah. he at least know to bring you the stick and set it down? Or yes, I can. He knows he knows commands perfectly when it comes to that. Um, that's good. He's, he's a he's he's a smart dog. I'll give him that. Just needs to be trained correctly. So, when we tried to record this episode the first time, it turned into a complete shit show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, way, you were... Way bad. Yeah, not not good at all. Had the, had the... We were probably three quarters almost all the way done with it, and we had to scrap it. Yeah. Waste yeah. of a half an hour. Damn internet. Damn arts internet. Probably the coronavirus. Coronavirus was fucking with us. So you were, when we were doing that, you were telling the science of antlers and yeah. sheds and whatnot. That's right. You want to run right. through that again? Yeah, I'll try to go back in my brain and my brain being the notes I kept in my phone. So how was I putting it last time? Because it's it 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 hard to tell with all the shit going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I suppose... I'll start out with what an antler is kind of made out of, like as far as the basic minerals. The two main minerals in an antler is is calcium and phosphorus. Um, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of other minerals, iron, aluminum. uh, Oh, geez, probably 
magnesium, manganese, all sorts of other crap. But I know the two yeah. the two major ones are calcium, phosphorus. Kind of reminds almost like as if like a, like a tooth maybe because I know teeth are bones. Obviously, bones. It's all an antler really is is a bone. Yeah. Um. So that's why I guess see you see an antler on an animal and it's brown. They don't come out that way. They come out white, and they just rub them in the in the dirt and on sap, and then back in the dirt and just get shit stuck to them to make them brown, you know, or or black or what whatever color they happen to rub their antlers on. You know? So when they're shedding during the rut and rubbing on trees, mm-hmm. those are brown or those are white. Let let me get back to it right as they shed their velvet you'll see i i have pictures on game cameras their antlers are white when they shed their antlers i mean uh, shed their velvet yeah uh, wider white white as snow and then it only takes them about the about a day or two from the turn them turn them brown i think i like the brown better I definitely do. A seen a white elk, elk, a seen elk with white antlers is kind of kind of throws you off. That's why elk in our mountains here have have some pretty dark antlers. We have a lot of burned areas, like a, a bull that will rut in burned timber will have pitch black antlers. Whether then you have a bull down in kind of the southwest area of our state will be. Pretty much still almost white to very light tan, just because they don't they rub their antlers on sagebrush. Yeah, that's all they have. Uh, not much changes. It's, it's interesting, I find. But back to what they're made out of and how they happen in simplistic forms. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a I'm just a simple old methane worker that likes stuff like this. Um, there's they start out male I guess male moose male deer male elk I believe caribou kind of like that ungulate family of animals they have something called pedicles on the top of their heads Um, if you ever see a skull from a male ungulate you'll notice they have two like tree trunk looking things coming out of their heads that is a pedicle that's where the antler grows out of my foot's going numb and so how it starts is i'm not sure exactly how it starts my guess is on that pedicle you'll have that base layer of cells called the antlerogenic periosteal cells antlerogenic periosteal cells yes which is what it's that thin membrane of very very hard cells between the pedicle and the antlers itself it must start there and then uh oh and then out of those cells you get testosterone you get hormones you get minerals you get what else would what else helps you grow bigger steroids proteins 
some amino acids. steroids, yeah, amino acids, all that good stuff. It's takes a lot of energy to grow those. So things. they're basically like stem cells. That's exactly what they are. Stem cells. Yeah. That's exactly what those cells are. Um, and that's kind of like it's kind of the glue that holds the antler onto the pedicle. And out of that, you'll start noticing. Um, a little patch of fur growing on those pedicles where a scab once was, um, which will eventually grow approximately for a healthy animal, two centimeters squared a day is about how much an antler will grow a day on average. Two centimeters? Yeah. Two centimeters squared per day. That's an area, not a volume. Cube. Two cubic centimeters a day. I can believe that. Yeah, that that, that that makes more sense. Two cubic centimeters a day, it'll grow. Per um, antler? Per antler. Per antler. Okay. For a healthy animal. Now, depending on the animal, it could differ because I know an elk, a mature, healthy elk will, well-fed, will grow an antler pretty damn fast right after it loses. I've seen elk with... They've started growing their two fronts and their main beam a couple weeks after they've lost. Maybe a little more, maybe three weeks after they've, they've dropped their antlers. And so when do deer and moose start growing back antlers after they lose? Late spring. That Late. Like comparative when they drop it? Oh, comparatively to when they drop it. Whitetail and moose, a few months. Mule deer couple months month and a half you'll start noticing and then elk is pretty pretty elk is way fast i don't know it's insane what about uh jackalope jackalope uh it's overnight okay yeah depending on the amount of whiskey you give them yeah but fun little fact about antlers it takes the same amount of energy for a bull elk to grow a set of antlers a mature bull elk to grow a set of antlers as it does a cow to create a calf in your womb. Huh? Yep. Do you want to cite a source on that? I don't remember the source. I know I read it somewhere, though. And it wasn't Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Was it a meat eater article at all? Very well could have been. Okay. It could have been also uh, this kind of elk aficionado i i follow on the interwebs also what's their name you can find him on instagram twitter and facebook and i believe they have a website i believe it's wapity fit does that make sense yeah wapity fit on instagram if you just look up wapity he's got to be one of the first guys to come up he he's a knowledgeable I'm sure you can find that fact down near anywhere if you really want to do though. Just Google it. So when do all all those animals start dropping sheds? Whitetail is in December. Whitetail or whitetail will begin in December, mid December. Moose will begin in mid December. Uh, mule deer. The majority, on average, will begin in. Uh, 
probably late January they'll start. However, you do get those wild cards. I've seen mule deer dropped antlers in December. Like I said, majority start late January. Uh, elk will start mid to the second third of the month of March. But also, there's those wild cards. They'll drop early. It's uh, pretty much basis of that. So, as far as when they drop, how does one go shed hunting? Do you kind of know, have a general idea of where you want to go or where sheds have dropped or yeah. give away some secrets? Yeah, there's a few ways. I mean, there's the most basic way is just finding a nice piece of public land and go for a day walk in there. How far do you usually walk in a day when you're shed hunting? How far do I usually, or how far would I, or both? Both. Usually, boy, it just it just really depends on where I'm at, what I'm looking for. Is I'll walk a hell of a lot further for an elk antler than a whitetail antler. You know, it's kind of like the. The, the 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 prize compared to the outcome or something yeah like so that's um it's a lot yeah. it's a lot more worth your time to walk a long ways for an elk shed than is a whitetail shed let's just say that yeah um i'll walk up i've i'll walk 20 miles for elk antlers no problem in a day whereas Whitetail antlers are usually not walking as far. Um, kind of, kind of hang out in the same general area as they would during hunting season. They don't travel very much as an elk would or a mule deer. Mule deer, you'll end up walking a little bit of a long ways. I think, I think I've put on maybe fifteen miles so far this year for mule deer alone, and that's split up between a, a a few a few different trips and so do you scout 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 herds that's the next way other than walking in blind scouting uh yeah yeah i do i, I usually try to just focus on i find one group of deer or one group of elk and just really put all my focus into those into that group during the i don't know you call it the pre-shed season just kind of hang out uh it's a lot like a lot similar to hunting you just watch them from a long ways away and kind of try to pattern them out as best as you can uh and stay consistent on watching them because odds are if you're gonna be like that um you'll be watching them one day then the next day you'll come out and you'll see a doe or a cow out there with uh 10 bulls you saw yesterday and like oh that cow was not there yesterday but it is there today and it's actually not a cow you know it's kind of i kind of enjoy doing it that way it's it's it leads to a lot of anticipation and uh i guess excitement because you never know what you're gonna it's always something might be new the next day you go uh, but yeah it's always it's it's i find that to be a pretty effective way to guarantee 
to guarantee yourself some antlers if you really want to be committed and want to be that crazy person that doesn't have a life and watches <laughs> animals for fun. Kind of creepy. Well, I mean, I enjoy watching elk in the summer on the mountain. and. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just like that. And, you know, also kind of that, that effect of watching the elk this time of year will trickle down in the hunting season. You'll... You'll be able, you'll be surprised at what you see now than that watching animals that you never see. Just how actually goddamn goofy they are. Just so goofy. Care to explain a, I, a specific I, case? I have, a, I have a pretty good sense of humor, so some people might not find it funny. But the, the other day I was watching this group of elk and I don't know if they were playing or what, but they'd all start just sprint haul ass down this mountain and stop and then just look at each other and then they all sprint and haul ass down the mountain and stop and just look each other and you know i could see their heads roll back they were far enough away that i couldn't hear them but i knew they were bugling and they just start bugling like crazy and it's like you know they're out there having fun living a life and it's just put it makes me chuckle and put a smile on my face when i see animals like that that just out there being goofballs you know yeah uh, so uh do you care to talk about the the game and fish decision to not allow mm. the jump into the fence like we used to do mm. to go shed hunting so basically mm-hmm. i got i've only shed hunted with jasic only person i've ever gone shed hunting with i've never gone by myself and he got me into shed hunting because every year we would go to an area just north of buffalo wyoming called bud love Mm -hmm. uh, habitat management area and when they open up those habitat management areas they open them up in may so the elk can winter on these areas where there's plenty of grass, plenty of winter feed. They there's no no human pressure on them, so they can. It really helps them make it through the winter, nice and easy for them. And so that's usually where they drop a lot of antlers. And so when they open these areas up, they open them up right at midnight on like May fifteenth, for example. And Jasic and I would go jump the fence. Because it's technically open and we'd be walking around with our heads up our ass and flashlights Hmm. pointing every which direction trying to find sheds. And really, you had to be kind of lucky, I think, to shine a flashlight on a shed in grass and see it. Very lucky. Yeah. it's. It was fun, though. I mean, you you, you you walk around around for three hours shining flashlights everywhere every once in a while. You see some eyeballs behind some bushes and you don't know if that's a deer, an antelope, or maybe a mountain lion waiting to fucking kill you. And so you just keep walking and, you know, maybe you get a little tired, it gets cold, so you patch up next to a tree, try to sleep for a couple hours, maybe get hypothermia, maybe (laughs) don't, watch the sunrise wake you up and keep walking and... 
sunrise is usually up by four or five and so by then yeah and so you got a couple hours ahead start before they open the actual gates and let all the motorized and motorized four-wheelers and stuff mm-hmm. in and so you got a couple hours head start a light to find the sheds and so that's always been fun but last year the game and fish did away with that do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah they did away with it they went from allowing people in at midnight to no more of that uh gates open at in the morning at daylight 8 a.m to be exact for everybody so when it, it, there's no more people walking it's all just it's all four-wheelers motorized people hauling ass up the damn mountain, down the trailhead, down the trail. People in full-size pickups going down the road. It's it, it, it kind of put a damper on the situation for me. Davis didn't even go last year. I went alone and just because of, well, if you, you got sheds won't find themselves and decided I'd, I'd go and try to find some light in this shithole of a situation. Mm. You found a couple, didn't you? No, I did not find a couple. I found that deadhead. Oh. And that in Kearns, yep. Yeah. Found a another pretty good deadhead. A deadhead, for those of you who don't know, is a winter kill. Just, just a, an old bull that couldn't mm-hmm. make it through the winter, just died. In this case, that's what it was, yeah. I mean, looking at his, he still had his ivories. Uh Drowned down to the gums almost. Terrible way to die. Starve the death. Nature. Yeah. Starve the death and probably got his ass eaten out by coyotes while alive. Let's be honest. And all you fuckers are worried about the coronavirus. Yeah. Soft. Soft. You got animals getting their asses eaten out alive. That's that's not part of this podcast anyways. But, <clears throat> yeah. They they started opening them up to everybody at eight o'clock. No more midnight, no more midnight raids. I guess they found it a safety hazard, perhaps maybe. I don't know. I think it's more dangerous now with fifty people all on four wheelers screaming to pick up sheds down a shitty trail when it was only maybe twenty or twenty five. Kind of cut in half now. Back then. The rest of the more ambitious people would go in at midnight and walk. But so not my choice. The game and fish also to make sure you don't jump the fence a week or two early and go pick up all the sheds. The game and fish actually goes in there a little bit early and chips some antlers. Do you want to talk about yeah. that or how you? No, it's 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 okay. I mean, it's not a secret that the Game and Fish does this. It's the way the catch trespassers, private landowners do this as well. Um, like I said, it's a way from the catch trespassers and people who are illegally in that specific wildlife management area. Because like you said, it's an area that they all go to winter and stay safe and try to stay healthy uh, during their harsh winters. So... The game and fish will go in there with an elk shed, chipped. Already. Well, they 
So they already have the shed. They don't go find one and then chip it in the field, or no, no, they don't do that. No, because they are, they already have they the already shed. have a shed. They already have a shed pre-chipped. It's very similar to like a chip you would chip with your dog with your cat with, and then they go and plant it somewhere and monitor it. If the shed is going seventy-five miles an hour down I ninety, then uh, two weeks before May 15th, then you know something fishy is going on. So how, how do you, can you tell what a chipped antler looks like or does it, does it look the same? I personally can tell to the untrained eye, you wouldn't be able to tell. I'm not going to give away how you can tell. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I know. Okay. I know. There is a way. So don't go trespassing. Yeah. Knock that shit off. Not Part work. of the reason why they closed the elk refuge down until, or the habitat management areas down until 8 in the morning. Yeah, people go in there early. Which doesn't solve anything because people are still going there early. Kind of insane, but. Well, isn't it just like gun laws? If, if you make them illegal, everyone will stop doing it, right? I guess so. According to the, what does Carter call it? The transitive property? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a pretty informative talk by a oil field worker. Yeah. Methane field worker. Just a sim- simpleton methane worker. Yeah. It's about how long have we been going for? Half an hour. All right. I don't know. I could probably talk about a little bit more, but. Go ahead if you want to. I guess I'll go back to. I can't remember what else we talked about on Monday. I can't either. We've just about covered everything. But I guess I'll go back to what I do with the other sheds I find that I don't keep. Obviously, there is a very good market for elk antlers right now and there has been for about 10-15 years and it has to do with aphrodisiac in Asia and more recently doggy shoes like dog toy type situations you you sell them to the companies and corporations and they quite literally cut them up into 8 inch long chunks and sell them for about 30 some dollars a piece which is insane compared to how much you as a shed hunter sell your whole antlers for yeah so how much do you get for a whole antler well it goes by weight and you it's a certain amount of money per pound for it's a good number like a good weighted or a good, good, good... A, a good price per pound. A good price per pound? Well, yeah, like, what do you normally get per pound? Normally get, on a regular year, like, where the markets are pretty smooth, uh, probably, like, anywhere between 12 and thirteen fifty is what you'll get, is what you'll sell an antler for. Per pound. Per pound. And then how that many... Is, that is brown elk antler. Yeah. Let me, ver- let me keep that clear. 
12 to 13 and a half dollars per pound. If you find a sun-dried white elk antler, it's going to be less. The price is going to go down because they can't sell that as a dog chew. It's not fresh. It doesn't have those uh, minerals in there still, you know. They dried okay. out. Um, now, okay, now I remember what we talked about a little bit Monday. You were talking to me about the density. So oh, how, much, yeah. how how heavy is a single elk antler, like a, a, a good elk antler? A good six-point elk antler. I'll go. I'll give you an example of the elk antlers I found last year I was talking about earlier. Um, that was a six-point elk antler. Scored exactly 348 uh, for both sides. That's yeah. both sides together added with a 40-inch spread, which is f- pretty average for an elk around here. Um, those one thing, one side was 8.5 pounds. The other side was 8 pounds. You always have a, one side will always be bigger as, as the other, as in feet. So just over $100. Per antler. antler. Per antler. Yep. So yep. about 200 for the set. Mm-hmm. Around there. Not bad. Around there. Now, some folks will take even more if you have a set because then they want like... A furniture. Furniture or they want to mount it themselves because they aren't going to go hunting or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know. So talk to me about the different densities you were explaining. Okay. So around here... In our mountains, I'll call it like the, oh, the central Bighorn Mountains, eastern slope. That's about as specific as you've ever gotten <laughs> on this podcast. Eastern eastern slope of the Bighorn <laughs> Mountains, um, central-ish. I've noticed higher density, heavier weighing... Uh, heavier scoring elk antlers. In compared to? In compared to, say, northern eastern slope of the Bighorn Mountains. So up up by Kern's habitat management yeah. area is a little bit lighter than, say, I, I, Yeah, I'd say so, yes. A little bit lighter, a little bit lighter density. And then... I'd find those kind of more middle range, middle of the pack. Because you got, right now we've got the heavier ones, we've got the middle, and then I'll go to the lighter side, which is out east in the rolling foothills. We have elk herds. In between Gillette and Sheridan and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And more elk than a person would think is out there. But the problem is it's mostly private land, tough to hunt, tough to shed hunt. Tougher to get permission. Not great vegetation. Not great vegetation, but the thing is, um, I, I often find bigger elk out there than on our mountains, I guess. They were naturally a prairie animal yes. to begin with. Yep. And I'll, I'll throw in a little side note. The body size of the rolling foothill elk are about 200 pounds heavier than the elk we have on the mountains. They probably have an easier... Easier winter. Easier winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the, the bison of ancient times. The bison we have, we used to have 
however long ago, thousands of years up on the mountains. 1800s. Oh, longer than that. Longer than that. Probably 8, 17, 16, 15, on and on and on back. Um, were smaller than the bison that were out on the plains. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're called mountain bison and plains oh. bison. Oh, so you weren't talking about the plains bison. No, 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 no. Um, okay. Yeah. But something about, I, I I believe it's winners. But the horns are denser, so it makes you think maybe those mountain elk have better nutrients yes, back in to the soil and grass. Back, and, exactly. Back to the antlers. Um. Just like Davis said, you got more nutrients, more minerals, probably in those mountain, the mountain grass, mountain dirt, compared to the rolling foothills where you got pretty much just the same shit everywhere. You got sagebrush grass and bentonite, you know, not much to go around. Methane. Methane, yeah. Not much to really supplement those antlers, which is why they're, they're lighter in weight, more spindly in their shapes, their designs. Uh, and it, it, say, say that again, spindly? Spindly. Spindly, spindly. What, what does that mean? Thin. Okay. Like thin-horned. Okay. Um, and how? so how does that compare to the rest of the state, like in the south or in the Jackson Hole area? I'm guessing in the Jackson Hole area, you're kind of, you'll be in more of that mid-range, the heavier. And you go down southwest, you're going to be in that in that lighter okay. kind of range. It's all about the habitat, I'm thinking, habitat yeah. and what, their diet, really. Antlers rely on diet and hormones, you know. So, just like just like just like a calf, just like a calf elk, diet and hormones. Uh, obviously, if a cow elk is gonna be smoking and drinking, that calf ain't gonna be healthy. Probably goes along the same with antlers. God, I would pay money to see a bull elk drink some vajunka. Drink some vajunka and eat a hamburger. Yeah. So, got anything else? Uh, no. Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. Get out there and enjoy this great weather we're having. Just not around here. (laughs) Has it been shitty weather in Sheridan? Just got shitty last night. Okay. Just got shitty last night, and I th- and I'm hoping it smooths out over the weekend so I can go- get back out there and look for some sheds. Cause so, you were telling this will be my closing thought, I guess. You were telling me Monday the antelope uh, lose their yes. What 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 the fuck do they lose? Their sheath their horn that's it's, the black, it's, it's, the black it, part of the horn. yes it's technically a horn but an antelope horn is not made out of the same material as any other horn in the world it's not the same as like a bighorn sheep it's not the same as a buffalo it's different where you'll see you'll see a big bighorn sheep 
It's kind of made out of, well, it's made out of the same material your fingernails are made out of. I don't know what that shit is, but obviously their their horns are a hell of a lot denser than our fingernails and thicker. Whereas an antelope is made out of hair. And they lose that every year. Yeah. What about what time of year do they lose that? December. They'll 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 pop off in December and then it, they'll grow back the next set starting right away. And can you like when they drop off, can you pick that up or is it just a pile of hair? Oh, you can pick them up. It's like they're solid. They degrade pretty quickly. Do you keep them or is there can you sell them? Or? I'm sure you could sell them, but not for <laughs> shit. I don't have you pay, have you ever picked up any? I've picked. I've found a few, but they're all pretty in pretty shitty shape. I found one last year that was in perfect shape that I picked up and kept just because I haven't ever found one. Turn it into a drinking horn. No kidding, that'd be kind of neat. It tastes like god awful shit. You can wash it. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> just hair of the antelope in your mouth. Mm. Be a mountain man. I pussy. guess so. <laughs> but I guess it's a pretty pretty bloody ordeal when those things pop off too because if you I imagine it's a bunch of hair well it's hair and like hair encased around a bone because if you've ever seen an antelope skull they don't have little tree trunks they have like spikes coming out of their head that those horns grow off of like like three. Well, three and it'd spikes. be the same as an elk or deer losing the velvet, just a bloody fucking yeah, mess. Yeah, 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 pretty similar. Yeah, actually, bloody mess. Yeah, so I think that'll do her. I suppose so. For this episode of the Rendezvous, very informational, um, a little bit, a little bit more laid back and calm. I I enjoyed this one. Yeah, a lot, a lot of information. Um. I probably missed a few things. Maybe a couple of things were incorrect, but I'm pretty confident in my uh, facts. Yeah. I I think it's good knowledge. Get out there. Enjoy well, the spring weather that's mm-hmm. coming up and go look for some sheds. Maybe make a couple hundred dollars on a Saturday. While you're, while you're getting exercise, that's another bonus. Yeah, bonus. Unless um, you're a forward driver. So... Enjoy your St. Patty's Day coming up Tuesday. Get fucking hammered. Drink some Rolling Rock, some green beer. There you go. Not any Corona, though. Yeah, fuck Coronas and the coronavirus. Hoard your toilet paper. That's a commodity. (laughs) And good luck to you. Hopefully we don't lose any listeners to the virus. See you next time on The Rendezvous.